0: This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Kallstrup and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Praise God. I want you to believe God with me today uh, for revelation knowledge um, and for the communication um, of the Word of God where your lives are concerned. Um, I mean, there's there's so many things that are available to us as believers if we'll uh, just simply put our trust in Him and, and uh, you know, have the faith that takes. Amen? And uh, and I believe, praise God, today there's a bunch of folks here that are ready for that. Amen? Amen? So let's just pray and prepare our hearts, and then we'll get into what I want to share with you today. Father, we love you so much. We're grateful for your blessing. We thank you, Father, for all you've done. We're grateful not only for what it is that you're doing, but also what you're going to do. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Such a wonderful time for us to be alive in you. So we rejoice, Father. Yes, 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 yes. Praise God. Let us rejoice and be glad in you. And I thank you, Father, for your divine supply. I thank you for the sufficiency that comes from heaven. And God, I thank you, Father, that we have an abundance and no lack in every aspect of our lives to do everything that you want us to do, Father, that we come behind in nothing. But, Father, you are the one who divinely supplies our every need according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So, Father, I thank you for peace. I thank you for joy. I thank you for contentment. Father, I thank you for happiness just, you know, in, in the lives of people. Father, no consternation, no anxiety, no fear, no worry, but rather, Father God, a contentness that comes from heaven in every heart and every life. And we thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Glory to God. Well, you know, we've been talking about faith, huh? fighting a good fight of faith. How many of you thank God for faith? I'm telling you what, faith has changed your life, whether you know it or not. It really has an incredible potential within the life of a person who chooses to believe the Bible. Hallelujah, you know, God gave us his word. It's like a love letter that he wrote to us and said, this is, this is who I am and this is what I want to do for you. And if you'll obey me, praise God, I'll make sure it comes to pass. That's the abbreviated version of the Bible. Hallelujah, there you go, you got it, amen. But there's a condition, and that condition is a thing called faith, to believe that he is, that he exists, and that he is a rewarder. Everybody say rewarder. God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. People say, well, what do you mean, seek him? What, how, does, how is that defined? It's pretty simple. It's when we're looking to him for direction when we look to him for how we are to live our lives. You know, the Bible says that in the past, we had an old man. But thank God, when we're in Christ Jesus, we have a new man. Everybody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that new man is to put off the old man and put on the new one. Huh? It talks about, it defines things, for example, in the book of Ephesians about anger and lying and all of these dishonesty, different things, just put them away, put them off. You know, it helps us to understand how it is that we are to live our lives. And when we do that, the reciprocation of that is the blessing of God from heaven. Now, if you don't believe that, I mean, you know, if you say, well, I can just kind of do whatever I want. You know, God will just wink at this or look the other way or whatever. Well, that's not true. Your sin and sin essentially is just disobedience to God, will always find you out. But thank God you don't have to live your life that way. You can live your life in obedience to him. Woo! Come on now. Why? Because that's where the blessing of God is. I mean, any believer and child of God in his right mind would want to obey God, wouldn't he? Why? Because we know there's a guarantee that comes with being a doer or being obedient to the Word of God. Now, obviously, you can live your life any way that you want. People are doing it everywhere. But if you choose to have faith, everybody say faith. Faith. If you choose to have faith in God, in other words, again, believing that what it is that he has said is the way towards life and life more abundant, and you choose to conform your life to that, then I'm telling you what, praise God, heaven will dog your tracks and chase you down and bring the blessing of heaven into your life. You know, Jesus gave us one new commandment that we love one another as he loved us. You know, first commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, amen, and your neighbor as yourself. And that one commandment, and of course you have to take time to study and learn and develop a, a, an understanding of what it means to love as God loves. You know, sometimes when it comes to love, you know, sometimes love is firm. Are you with me? Sometimes love says no. Are you with me? You know, so you have to, you have to study Again, to show yourself approved unto God, being able to rightly divide the word of truth so that you understand what real love is. Because sometimes people, you know, they think they're loving other people and all they're really doing is enabling them to continue to do bad or wrong things. That's not love. Love means telling the truth. Sometimes, again, love says, no, we're not doing that. And so we have to to work through an understanding of what those things mean. You know, what is real love? What is the God kind of love? Because, again, when we get into that divine flow of what it is that is defined in the Bible as real love, I'm telling you what, praise God, heaven and earth will move in our behalves. How many of you believe that? I'm so excited about God's word, thank God. I mean, it'll change your life. It'll put you on a course, praise God, like no other. You say, yes, but pastor, what about this? What about that? What about the other thing? And all of the things that are going on in the world. You know, uh, he said, don't let your heart be troubled. Well, I just can't help it. I mean, you know, it's all over the place. It's everywhere. Well, yes, you can help it. You know, just to simply say that I can't help it, tells me you got no faith in what God said that you and I can do. Everybody say it together. I can, I can. do all things I can. through Christ, through Christ. Who, strengthens me. who strengthens me. Yes, you can. Hallelujah. I think sometimes the reason we have such trouble is, is that we spend way too much time focusing on and looking at the wrong thing. You know, Jesus asked this question back in Matthew. He said, which of you, by taking anxious thought and care and concern, can add one cubit to his stature? In other words, is is all of this care and worry and anxiety that you entertain, is that adding to or causing any kind of growth in your life whatsoever? Well, the answer typically is no. But thank God you don't have to do that. You say, yeah, but, you know, I'm concerned about my kids. I'm concerned about my, my spouse. I'm concerned about my husband, my wife, or, you know, whatever the case might be. Well, you know what? The Bible has something to say about all of that, too. Thank you for your enthusiasm. And I know, you know, sometimes between what it is that we desire and what it is we see happening, that there's this duration You know, where we're not always seeing a manifestation of what we want for our lives. That's what faith is all about. That while we are waiting, we are declaring, and we are saying, and we are doing or we are living the way that he has asked us to live. And if we do so, he said he would bring it I'm telling you, this is such great preaching. Glory to God, I'm getting blessed listening to myself. Hallelujah. The Word of God is true, and faith in God's Word works. Are you with me? Now, you've got the adversary of our soul, Satan the devil, who's a liar, telling us that it can't happen or it won't happen or you can't do it or, you know, whatever it is that he says. And then, of course, let's not forget the flesh, these little bodies that we find ourselves in, and the carnal man, as the Bible describes him, who has its, quote-unquote, wishes and desires. And the Bible makes it clear that you and I are to take and put our flesh in a coffin— Close the door, lock it, and don't ever open it again. But you know, somehow or another, he always tries to crawl out. How many of you know what I'm talking about? So you say, no, 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 nope. Back in there. Back in there. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible says, for as many as are led by the what? The Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God, amen. Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're the children of God. How many children of God do we have here? How many, why do you know that? Because of his indwelling presence, glory to God. So everybody say it together, I can. can. Do all things things. through Christ Christ who strengthens me. Now, you may have a little bit of a battle on your hands because we develop habits within our lives that aren't necessarily good habits. They are B-A-D habits. But how many of you know that can change? I said, how many of you know that can change? You could change. I said, you could change. You say, well, I don't want to. Well, you need to stop listening to your flesh because anything that contradicts or opposes the will of God in your life is something that you want to, maybe you don't know it right now, but you want to change that. Are you listening to me? Because it doesn't lead to life, more often it actually leads to destruction. Can you see the lives of people around you? And there's so many destructive behaviors that they have within their lives. They haven't renewed their mind to the Word of God. Matter of fact, some of them, they don't even know about the Word of God. They don't even know anything about, you know, renewing your mind, not being conformed to this world. They're they're totally without understanding. And that ignorance is so self-destructive. That's why Jesus came. Hallelujah. The Bible says he didn't come into the world to condemn the world but that rather through him the world would or could be saved now this is a simple truth but it's powerful and that's simply this how many of you know God's not mad at you and yet you'd be surprised how many people within their thinking and in their heart believe that he is No, the wrath of God was poured out upon his son on a cross at a place called Calvary. And the blood that Jesus gave or sacrificed, covered and cared for the sins of the entire world, including yours. And that blood was sufficient. Hallelujah to be able to care for all of the sin and the wrongdoing and the messed upness and the failures and all of the things that we as human beings sometimes find ourselves engaged or involved in. So God isn't mad at you. No, as a matter of fact, the front door's wide open. Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. But there's also a condition to that. When he talks about coming, he's not talking about you coming half-heartedly. Well, I just want to hold on to a few things here, you know, Pastor, because after all, you know, they kind of did me wrong, and I haven't quite, you know, forgiven them about this and that and the other. That's not the way it works. You come without reserve, without condition. Lord, I come with all my heart, all my soul, and all of my mind. And I ask you to help me. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to change me. I ask you to do something significant in my life because my life needs changing. You know, people's lives need changing. I said, people's lives, they need changing. Well, you know, I'm pretty comfortable where I'm at, you know. Yeah, I'll bet that's really pleasing to God, too that you've just decided that you're going to park someplace and you're going to live your life unto yourself because, after all, you're pretty comfortable where you're at. You say, well, Pastor, I don't think I want to hear this. Too late. You showed up. You're watching. You know, I mean, I can't help it. I'm just a delivery boy. God wants more for you. But you can't park someplace and just decide, well, I'm just gonna be this way, you know, and I'm just gonna think this way, and I'm just gonna, you know, do this this way, or whatever the case might be, well, that's all well and good as long as it's from heaven. Amen? Did you know that Fox News is not the Bible? Huh? Newsmax, CNN, whatever it is that you think, you know, that you like so well, they're not the Bible. Huh? They're not the voice of God. By any stretch of the imagination. If we spend as much time reading that as we do listen to that, uh, we might be surprised. I mean, we'd be spiritual joggernauts, you know? Not everything you hear is true, most of which is nothing but a lie. I'm telling you, the king is coming. Oh, the king is coming. Hallelujah. He's coming for the church. Jesus said the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. I'm going to be a part of that kind of church. Huh? The victorious church. The overcoming church. Hallelujah. The one that's moving forward where their lives are concerned. Well, you know, pastor, it's just not that easy. I mean, I'm glad you're all jacked up this morning because that makes me feel good. But, you know, in reality, it's just not that. Well, yeah, reality is that way. I said reality is that way. It may not appear, but I'm telling you, I read in my Bible that he is going to put all rule and all authority and everything under his feet. And then he's going to take and deliver the kingdom unto God the Father. That's the way it's going to happen. Are you listening to me? And that's what I believe. Amen? Amen. And while I'm on this planet, praise God, I'm going to declare his praises. Hallelujah. You know, I think about Daniel. I think about the three Hebrew children, you know. They ended up, because of the sins of Israel, they ended up being taken down into uh, uh, captivity in Babylon. They spent a lot of time down there. But, you know, just because you're in the pit doesn't mean the pit's in you. Huh? Huh? Just because you're facing challenges in life doesn't mean the challenges are in you. They're only in you if you let them come in. Are you with me? Now I tell you, if you won't let them come in and you'll keep yourself where you need to be, God will show up when you need him. Are you listening to me? I mean, you think about it, you know those three Hebrews when they said if you don't bow, you're gonna burn. They said, well, we've already made up our mind about this doc. We're not bowing, and we're not going to burn. And even if we do, whoo, we're never, ever going to bow down to your golden image, your idol. Don't you love that? I said, don't you love? You know, it takes a principled person. It takes a person with some character to say, I'm not doing that. Are you listening to me? And guess what? They got thrown in the furnace, but they weren't there alone. How many of you know God's always there? Yes. Amen. Woo! I guess I better... To... Bill, this is not at all what I had planned. <clears throat> Did you find Isaiah 43? Don't read it. I want you to go to Psalm 46. We might come back to Isaiah. I don't think so, but maybe... How many are you glad you came today? Look at uh, Psalm 46. Praise God. 46, verse 1. What's the first word? God. Say that again. God. Say it one more time. God. It says, God is our refuge. Everybody say, God is my refuge. God is our refuge. Refuge. Notice it goes on to say, He's not only our refuge, but he's our strength. Amen. A, the King James says a very present help in trouble or in the time of trouble. You know, uh, somebody's defined that word and said that uh, it's, it's uh, an abundantly available help. You know, it's like you call somebody on the phone, you're talking to them, and you're visiting about this, that, and the other, and pretty soon you know, kind of get down to a place where you've got something that you have to do or you have a need in your life or something like that. And they said, Well, hey, I'll just come over and help you. Oh, no, no, you don't have to. No, no. I I would love to. I want to come and I just want to help. I want to I want to aid you abundantly. They don't, they don't say that, but I want, to, I want to help you. Well, God is our refuge and strength, and He is an ever-present help. In the time of what? Trouble. Any of you ever experienced a little trouble? Trouble in your bank account? Trouble in your body? Trouble in your mind? Trouble here? Trouble there? Trouble in your family? Trouble with your not head kids? Huh? Not every kid's a Knothead, so don't look at me. You know, there's some, you know, I see Kyle over here. He's with these folks. He goes, mm-hmm. now, I'm not talking about you, Kyle. I'm talking about all the others. Amen. No, he is our refuge. He is our strength. He is an ever-present help in the time of trouble. Now, look at that next verse. Come on now. Look what it says right here. Therefore, everybody say, Therefore. Therefore, we will not what? We will not what? We will not fear. We will not fear. We will not fear. Fear is dominating people's lives, controlling them in an overwhelming manner. And that's because they don't know that God is their refuge and their strength and an ever-present help in the time of trouble. Is there a little trouble going on? Have any of you ever noticed, maybe there might be a little trouble going on? Well, I'm telling you what, in the midst of that trouble, God says that he is our refuge and strength and always present to help us in the time of trouble. I don't know about you, but my God is helping me in my trouble, huh? Now notice it says therefore glory to God we will not fear though the earth be removed though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea it hasn't gotten quite that bad but you know mm-hmm. and though the waters roar and the trouble uh, and there and be troubled and though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof God is our refuge say it with me God is my Refuge. Say it again. God is my refuge. Glory to God. He's not going to be. He is. I said he is. You know, when Paul and Silas were in that Philippian jail in Acts chapter 16, I mean, you know, God didn't abandon them. You know, they didn't sit around and say, God, why are you allowing this to happen to me? You know, sometimes people, you know, they, they dive down in this, um, I call it a victim's mentality, you know. You cannot afford to allow yourself to go there. Because it will do nothing more than continue to enslave and incarcerate you. Because you are the one who's gotten the bad deal and nobody is coming to your aid. Well, that's not true. Now, you may be facing some challenges like all of us. Come on, mind the right house? But I tell you what, praise God, it, isn't, it doesn't matter what it is, it comes your way. God is more than enough. Everybody say, God is more than enough. He's more than enough, but he needs your faith To believe that that statement is true in the midst of your trouble. Hallelujah. That's the way it works. That's what faith does. It says, Father, I trust you. The devil's a liar. I don't believe a word of it. And I mean, you know, he can turn the screws down on you pretty tight sometimes. Are you listening to me? But you know what? That's exactly when you show up at your father's house. Huh? You know, I mean, like little kids, if they're outside, you know, and something happens, some animal or whatever, you know, shows up and looks like it's a threat, what do they do? They're doing one of these, man. They're heading for the house, a place of refuge, a place of strength, a place of safety. Isn't that right? Glory to God. Everybody say it together, Father. You are so good to me. Oh, he's so good to you. Hallelujah. And he longs to come to your aid. He wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can even ask or think because of his mighty power working within your life. Hallelujah. Everybody say it together. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, (laughs) let's see. I got four or five messages here, none of which I've been preaching yet. But you know what? It's good anyway. Let me read this to you. Woo! You better get ready. <laughs> New Living Translation, Psalm 91. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High. Now, that's to suggest that not everybody does that. Those who do. Okay? There are those who do, and there are those who don't. Huh? You say, well, what's that mean to dwell in the, in the secret place of the Most High or in, in the shelter of the Most High? That means, praise God, your eyes are always on Him. Yeah. Huh? And He says, jump. You say, how high on the way up? Yeah. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High. You know, it would be most important for every believer to maybe make some adjustments about their priorities and what it is that they're spending their time and attention on these last days. You're going to need it. You know, Daniel, there was a conspiracy against him. A bunch of guys didn't like him because the power and the grace and the blessing of God was on his life, just like you. You know, when people see what it is that God's doing in your life, there's a real tendency for them to become jealous and envious and mad because you're blessed and they're not. Are you with me? You're at peace and they're not. You have joy, and they don't. Are you listening to me? And so they speak disparagingly of you. And that's exactly what happened to Daniel, and the conspiracy was so... They were looking for a way to undermine and overthrow this guy, and they could not find anything in his character as a principled person. And so they went after him where his religion was. Is concerned. Does that have any kind of a familiar sound to it in the day and age that you and I are living in, where people, where people of authority are trying to uh, shut down churches and religious places and put a silence? to what it is that they preach and proclaim because they speak the truth instead of the stinking lies, the corruption that fills these men and women's hearts and they proclaim that throughout all this nation as though it is true and none of it is true. Not any of it. They're liars, full of corruption. And they stand up like they're it. They're not it. Hell is is moved to meet them at their coming. It's a real deal. And that's why you and I need to stand up and say no. I don't know how I got that out of Psalm 91.1, but praise the Lord. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Hallelujah. You know, if you guys are stirred up about this stuff in a a negative kind of way, I'm stirred up, obviously, okay, because when I see and hear them spewing out their lies, it is like a stench. It's an absolute stench. And they, they pervert. I mean, they call good evil and evil good like you cannot believe. It's like, man, I'm, I'm seeing it right here in front of me. The devil manifested live and in color. You say, are they full of the devil? Absolutely, certifiably. Are you kidding me? They couldn't make this stuff up on their own if they tried. Well, anyway, let's read. This, verse 2, I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He's my God, and I trust him. Glory to God. How many of you trust him today? For he will rescue you, listen, from every trap, and protect you from every deadly disease come on now huh he'll cover you you say yeah but i know this person they got COVID." okay well maybe they did but praise god he said he'd deliver them just because something happened doesn't mean it's the will of god it doesn't mean that his power is not available we want to magnify the virus why do we do that why don't we magnify the king? Why don't we magnify the answer? Why don't we magnify the one praise God that redeemed us from it? Amen. Yes. Come on. Yes. Amen. Amen. Glory. Amen. Yep. Yeah. Back to the Bible. Verse 3 or 4. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you. He will. I said he will, God will. Shelter you from uh, with his wings, his faithful promises, huh? Are your armor and your protection. Himself took my infirmities and bare my sickness and disease, and by his stripes I was healed. Surely he hath borne my sicknesses and carried my diseases. Are you listening to me? Huh? I can't, not right now, later. Okay, hang on. You ready? Verse 5: Do not be afraid of the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by, or in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness. Do not dread the disease. Huh? Stop magnifying it. Stop magnifying. Oh, it's it's worse now than it's ever been. You know, they're talking about all this. Blah, 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 blah. Stop magnifying it. You say, well, you're just being an idiot. You know, you're just in denial. No, I'm not in denial. I understand what's going on, but I got a God that's bigger than anything that'll ever come my way. Huh? If I'm going to magnify something, I'm going to magnify him. Come on. So it says here, do not dread the disease that stalks in the darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Now, I don't know about you, but I like the idea of believing this. Huh? I'm not in denial that people don't have battles that they have to fight and things come knocking on their door and they got to resist it or deal with it or whatever. I'm not not saying that. But I'm telling you what, praise God, it cannot come in my house. Why? Because I am the redeemed. Are you listening to me? His blood has been applied to the doorposts and the lintel of my heart and my life and my house. And so if the stuff shows up, it's not staying in the name of Jesus. I've been redeemed. Everybody say, I've been redeemed. redeemed. You've been redeemed, glory to God. Well, anyway, moving right along. (laughs) Verse 11, I think. Are we in 11? No, we haven't got that far yet. Let's see, 8. Okay. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. There's a whole lot of stuff going on, and it's not over with in the way of punishment. You know, it's important to be on the right side of the fence here. Verse 9, if, everybody say if. Say it again. If you make the Lord your refuge, Everybody say, I'm making him my refuge. Come on, we're making him our refuge. If you make him your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, then no evil will conquer you. Evil might show up, but it will not conquer you. Come on. Glory to God. No plague will come near your home, for He will order His angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so that you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample upon lions and cobras, you'll crush the fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, the Lord says, I said, the Lord says, "I will rescue those who what? Love, Love me." How do I love God? I obey him. I said, I obey him. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. It's not enough to say, oh yeah, I love the Lord, but then you live like the devil. No, if you love God, then you obey him. And you get the junk out of your life. You want to dwell under the shadow of the almighty? You want to... Trust because you're under his wings and, dude, you got to get rid of your stuff that's destroying you. So I, 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 no, there's none of that. You just do it. But I don't, I, you know, I, I, I. no, 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 no. You just say, that's it. Finished. Done. Over. And start walking the other way. Burn the bridges. I said, burn your bridges. I don't know if I can do that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You can. Don't believe the lie that you should hang on to just a little bit of this or you don't have to be that, you know, I mean, so, you know, uncompromising about. It. Listen, you make compromises with the, with the devil and with sin, and it'll kill you. You don't make compromises with sin. You don't make compromises with the devil. Huh? It's kind of like this. Either kill or be killed. It's pretty violent, you know, in... in, in in a graphic kind of way as an illustration, but that's what it's about when it comes to sin, dude. That's all there is to it. Verse 14, I will rescue those who love me. That's what God said. I will protect those who trust in my name. How many of you trust in his name? Thank God for the name of Jesus, amen. When they call on me, I will, what? I'll answer. Now, I love this. This next part is awesome. I will be with them in, what's that word? Hmm. Seems to be a theme going on here. I will be with you in your trouble. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Yeah, but my, my situation isn't changing. I, I still have this going on or I have that going on or whatever. Well, that may be true, but we're going we're gonna to back up here a little ways and say, you know, God said that he'd be with me in trouble, so I'm going to believe him. Even though I still got it, whatever it is that's going on in my life, he said he would be with me in trouble, and I'm going to back up, and I'm going to start believing him. I'm not going to be looking at, I mean, you know, sometimes the things that you and I are dealing with are so glaringly apparent. I mean, it's right there. And it threatens and it says all manner of evil against you and tells you what it is that's not going to happen and how you're going to have to suffer this and that and the other and the whatever. But I'm telling you the God of heaven and earth said that he would come and that he would rescue those who put their trust in him. So we're going to back up, we're going to say, hey, no, 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 no. I'm going to put my trust in the living God. I'm going to make him my refuge. I mean, you know, thank God for whatever men can do, but I tell you, at the end of the day, my final and personal satisfaction is in the living God and what he can do to make a difference in my life. Glory to God forevermore. And you know what? You can do that. I said, you can do that. Anybody could do that. you got to fight the good fight of faith. huh? There'll be plenty of doubt and unbelief to go around when you decide that you're going to put your trust in the living God. Oh, yeah, right, whatever. And they'll mock you, scoff at you, And all they are, their heart is filled with nothing but doubt and unbelief clear up to here. Because my God is real. And he does exactly what he says he will do. Whoa, I tell you what, praise God, this is shouting ground for the church. I mean, this stuff right here, praise God, is worth getting happy over. Glory to God. God is a refuge, my refuge, and my strength, an ever-present help in the time of trouble. Therefore, we, I will not fear. You know, the opposite of faith is fear. People get afraid, and pretty soon you know they're going down this path. Praise God. That's why you got to guard your heart with all diligence. Sometimes, I mean, it's a real battle, man. I mean, you, you gotta you gotta draw them up and stop and pull over to the side and say, eh, we we need a we need a we need a faith session. You know? Because sometimes it'll come and it just starts hammering you. You know, so you just gotta stop and you gotta you gotta counter it. You can't sit there and entertain it and listen to it because otherwise it'll overwhelm you. Are you with me? You say, "Well, how long do I have to do that? However long it takes, you just stay there till it leaves." Devil, since you want to talk to me, let me talk to you, and just get the word of God out and start confessing what, what God says that He's doing in your life. It won't be long; He'll leave. He'll be gone. Why? Because He doesn't want to listen to the truth. He wants to peddle his junk. He wants to dump off all that, you know, uh, lies and doubt and unbelief in your life. But he don't want to listen to the truth. Why? Because it's true. He has been judged by it. And his future is not very bright. Okay, where were we? Verse 15. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. And I will reward them with a long life and give them my salvation. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel and afterwards receive me into glory. I tell you, it pays to obey God. It pays to obey the word. It pays to trust in what he said. Are you listening to me? Now, if you make no effort... You know, if if Christianity and faith in God is just kind of some sideline thing, it's like one of the bricks in in the wall of your house, and you once in a while go visit it and check it out once in a while, you can forget it. I can tell you right now, dude, you will be overwhelmed. It's not enough. You know, I mean, and, and that's the unfortunate thing about it. You know, church is just not, you know, a part of your life. It is your life. And I'm not even talking really about the church because that's just, I'm talking about your relationship with God. That's really what I'm talking about. And church is embedded within that. Are you with me? In a relationship with God. And, you know, as we go down the road of life here, I don't know, you know, whatever it is, come what may, glory to God. I'll tell you what, it'll be good to be in the house. It'll be good to be under the shadow of the Almighty. Under his wings will we trust. Come on now. You know? Hallelujah. I was, uh, uh, earlier when I was reading, go to Isaiah 53. I want to come back to this because I'm I'm prompted by it. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> this is going to be good. Verse 1. Isaiah 53, 1. Who has believed, everybody say, I believe. I believe, who has believed our report? Huh? Who has believed the message, our message? You know, everything that I talked to you about this morning, the question is, how many of you have, are choosing to believe it? Who's believed what it is that I just got done reading in the Bible? Lord, who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Drop down to verse 3. It says, he is despised and rejected of men, talking about Jesus, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, or actually a man of sickness and, a, uh, and acquainted with pain. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him, and he was despised, and we esteemed him not. I'm so ashamed of my life outside of Jesus. I'm so ashamed that I rejected him. Now, there was a lot of things I didn't know, but I tell you, it's so hideous not to trust him. and not, I mean, any man that would come and give his life For you and I is worthy of our all. Only he could pay the price so that you and I could live. Are you with me? People sometimes, they want to magnify their past. That guy died. Keep him in the coffin. But notice this. This is where I want to get to. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Verse verse 4. Surely. Everybody say surely. Surely. Notice it didn't say, I'm thinking that this might be true. Notice it didn't say maybe. No, it used the word what? Surely. Surely. Surely what? Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted, but he was wounded for our what? Underline the word our. See, he had borne our griefs, he's borne our sorrows. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are what? Healed. Healed. All of what Jesus did, he did for us. And I'm telling you what, it is the faith that takes, that enjoys the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Everybody say it together. I am redeemed. See, you're not going to be redeemed. You are redeemed. Did did you hear me? I mean, every deadly disease and every, you know, worrying thought, you've been redeemed. Look at this. Go to the New Testament in Colossians chapter 1 with me. Colossians, the first chapter. Hallelujah. Notice verse 12. Giving thanks unto the Father. Hallelujah. Which has made us meet or we could say qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. You see, not everybody is in on this. There's a whole bunch of folk that don't have what you have as a child of God. There's an inheritance that's been given to you. Are you listening to me? Woo! <laughs> come on now. Come on now. Come on. I said, come on. Don't, don't leave me yet. I'm just, I'm, I'm about to quit. But not quite. Come on. Don't disconnect just yet. Amen. I mean, you know, the best part is dessert. Are you with me? Oh, I'm so full. Come on, cram it down. You can do it. <laughs> Hallelujah. So he says, giving thanks to the Father qualified us to be partakers, to be partakers, to be partakers, to be partakers. God wants you to be a partaker. You got an inheritance. Somebody calls you on the phone and say, hey, somebody just came down to the bank, made a big deposit and put it in your name. What are you going to do? Stand around at home and go, I don't think that's happening. No, you'd go check it out if you got a brain in your head, wouldn't you? Well, God gave you an inheritance. Yes. Go find out what it is. Now, notice it goes on to say here in verse 13. Now, oh. <laughs> Woo! No. I'm, you, you all believe the Bible? Yes. Huh? Am I reading the right Bible here? It says, who has delivered us. Everybody say, I've been delivered. I've been delivered. I've been delivered. I've been delivered. Hallelujah. Woo! i having a hard time standing up here, baby. You might get to drive home. Who has delivered us from the authority of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Glory to God in whom we have redemption. You're not going to be redeemed. Glory to God, you are redeemed. Are you with me? You know, when you got hell going on in your life, you can just say, you know what, I'm redeemed. Glory to God, I'm redeemed. The devil say, well, it doesn't look like it. You say, I don't care what it looks like. I'm telling you that I am redeemed. Glory to God. He says, well, how do you know? Because the word of the living God has declared it. Come on. Woo, okay, here we go. I am so glad I showed up for church. I hope y'all glad you came too. Hallelujah. Look at this. Uh, I got to find it. I got this. I got all these. I got all these notes. Have you ever done that? Where is that at? Ah. what are you doing? Oh, just, just, just hold on. Oh, there, there it is. Okay. <clears throat> God does a really better job than I do when it comes to putting messages together. You know? But I want to ask you an important question this morning. Okay? Now, I want you to think about it with me, where your life is concerned, and ask yourself this question, are you ready for a change? And you go, oh, dear God, am I ever. Well, then, praise God, you're in the right place. Huh? Now, I don't know what the change is. But I'm just asking you, are you ready for a change? Okay? Because I'm telling you what, God wants to make a change and a difference for the good in your life. Amen? You say, well, how's that happen? Well, I gotta believe that He is, and that He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. Amen. I gotta turn my gaze upon what it is He's promised. Now, I remember the scripture there in Psalm ninety-one. It talks about, you know, His promises. I, I, I don't remember what it says, but that's that's where the the bless is. So you find promises that address what it is that needs changing in your life. Okay. Hallelujah. Anything that's evil, God wants to change it. Anything that's oppressive, God wants to change it. Anything that causes you to be discouraged or dismayed, God wants to change it. I mean, you can find them all over in the Bible. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some of you are going to get set free today. This stuff's been hanging on you, you know? And I'm telling you what, and it's the wildest thing, and only God can do it. He can set you free on the inside, even though all hell's breaking loose on the outside. People say, well, don't you don't you care? Well, no, not really. Hallelujah. Why? Because God's got it. God's got it. The miracle you desire. He's gonna set your soul on fire. Come on! Yeah. Yeah. God's got it. Jesus said that if you can believe, all things are possible. I said all things are possible. I said all things are possible to him that believes. A story told many years ago. You know, years ago, everybody, would get, they'd go to the church all the time. They'd go Wednesday nights, Sunday nights, Sunday mornings. And, you know, they'd have big long revivals and people would come and so on and so forth. And <clears throat> minister was talking about, had somebody in his church and uh, um, this couple... And the mother brought this, the child to church, but, but there were some issues that were wrong with the child and things like that, and they never developed. It never, she went to school in kindergarten, and she never passed. After seven years, she still didn't have more than a um, – she couldn't even get past kindergarten. So they finally said, well, you just need to take her home. There's really nothing we can do about it. So now she's 17, 18 years old, and she has the mentality of a five-year-old child. I mean, here's an 18-year-old person, fully developed, you know, and everything as, as an adult, and yet she'd, she'd crawl over the uh, pews like a five-year-old would, and she'd crawl underneath the, the, the uh, pews, you know, and different things like that, and, and just act like a child. Well, they are having this meeting, and uh, I don't remember all the circumstances around it, But for whatever reason, this child got up and walked the aisle and gave her heart to Jesus. And her hair was in disarray. I mean, you know, she didn't care, keep herself hygienically or anything. I mean, she was just a mess. You know, and people knew her, so they just kind of, you know, understood. And, you know, within the church and things, it wasn't that big a deal, you know. But she walked the aisle, and she gave her heart to Jesus at a meeting. the next night, she came back, and she was a completely different woman. She was made up, her hair was fixed, different things like that. And all of a sudden, she had her, I guess you'd say, her mental capacities about her. Well, this minister made reference to the fact, oh, so so it was changed. How many of you know God, he can bring a change. And so, so, so this minister went his way no longer pastoring, but he did come back to that church many years later, and he asked about that girl. And so the secretary said, well, come on out here. And so they went outside uh, of the uh, office there, church office or whatever, and looked across the street. And she said, you see that development over there? And uh, uh, the minister said, well, yeah, I do. He says, that woman that you're talking about, she is the sole proprietor of all of that. She's her own financier. She's the one that's developing that whole housing addition. And she's got three children, and I will guarantee you that every Sunday morning and Sunday night and whatever, those kids are in church with her sitting on that pew. And I can tell you, because I'm the secretary, that she ties off of every dime that she makes, and she holds this church up financially like you can't believe. Now, here's a, here's a girl that had no mental capacities at, at all, and all of a sudden, Jesus showed up and turned her life around. I want to ask you if you're ready for a change. Because I'm telling you, my God is able to do exceedingly. If you can believe, brother, sister, you can have it. You believe that? Hallelujah. You know, <clears throat> here's a couple things that came up in my spirit that I wrote down. If, if you're here and you feel like you're shackled, that's the word, to a bad situation, God wants to set you free today. Not tomorrow, not later. It starts with you and your believing. Huh? Come on. So if you feel like you're shackled to a bad situation, I got to tell you, praise God, there's a freedom fighter, huh, that's coming to your aid and your behalf to bring about a change in that situation if you'll just trust You don't have to know how. You don't have to know when. You don't have to do nothing, but just say, Lord, I believe you. I don't, you know, and then whatever he tells you to do, Do it and let him bring it to pass. Uh, Another thing, maybe you feel like your spiritual life is in the tank. And what I mean by that is, is that um, your relationship with God is not good. And you know it. Okay. Not it's not a secret, you know. A lot of times we, we can shuck we can and jive people all the time. You know, we put on a smile and we smell good and all that and that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you feel um, not lost. I wouldn't say lost, but you're not where you need to be. Well, listen, God wants to bring a change in your life. Amen? And it can happen to you in, with just a prayer. See, now, here's what you have to understand when Jesus was talking to his disciples, you know, remember when he cursed the fig tree? He said, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And the disciples heard it. Next day they walked by, this thing's dried up from the roots. And, and Peter calling to remember and said, Master, the tree that you, you know cursed is, is, is withered. And, and Jesus turned to him and said, Have faith in God. God wants you to have faith in him. Huh? He says, you know there's other places where people didn't get commended He says why why did you fear? How is it that you have no faith? Be not faithless, but believing you know Thomas said, man unless I see it, I ain't going to believe nothing. You know seeing is not believing, believing is seeing. you got to have it in its right order, right? you know and so you it's important, it's imperative. You know, when it comes to these things that we're talking about, the things that you're, you're wanting to see change within your life, we're not looking at it from the basis of circumstance. We're looking at it from the basis of what it is he promised. He said, I'll be with you in trouble. I will deliver you. That's important, isn't that right? God, you said you'd deliver me. Well, so when, when Jesus was talking to his disciples, he said, I want you to have, have faith in God. Because I don't know any other way to say it. I can't say it any stronger than this, but I'm just telling you, surely, verily, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, not doubt in his heart, but believe, believe, shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that the things which he says shall come to pass, he'll have whatever he says. Therefore, what things soever you desire, when you pray, it's at that moment You believe that you receive. Everybody say, I believe. I I receive. receive. Now, when you believe that you receive, the things that you're believing for, the circumstance you're wanting to see changed, may look no different. As a matter of fact, it might become or look worse, but you don't care. Oh, the devil hates it when you don't care why because what he's doing isn't working you just say devil i do not care what it is that you are presenting i believe that i receive my need met in the name of jesus and if he's got to move heaven and earth he'll do it because i trust in him I tell you, you can do that. You can have that. You can experience that in your life. There's nobody that can keep it from you. The devil can't, huh? Now, there might be a lot of naysayers around. Maybe you don't wanna hang out with them so much here for a while. Come on. There's some folks you don't wanna, I mean, they'll steal your joy. Have you, you, know, you know any of them? They come up and you go, uh-oh, not good. Why? Because they don't have a good report. Faith always has a good report. Faith isn't in denial, but faith's got a good report. Hallelujah. So what are we going to do? Well, I'm ready for a change. I want to see this thing turned around. I want things to go in a different direction. So does heaven. So does God. Amen? So we're not going to stare at whatever it is that's going on in our going on in our lives. The Bible says that Abraham considered not, when he was about 100 years old, his age or the deadness of Sarah's womb. Huh? But he was strong in faith. Everybody say, I'm strong in faith. You're strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what God has promised, he is able also to perform. You got time for one more scripture? Praise God. Yeah, I kind of like this thing starting at 945. You can go a little longer, Mary. Hallelujah. Look at this verse. We'll close with this, I promise. Are you cold, honey? Frozen. How many frozen women do we have? Holy cow. It's too late now, Al. How many of you think it's real comfortable? Nobody. <laughs> Never ask that question because you'll get many, many answers. All right, we're going to close. I want you to to get yourself in a position to receive from heaven today. Whatever whatever it is that you're desiring, okay? You get your heart ready to receive. We're going to pray, and praise God he's going to bring it to pass. Okay, you ready? Okay, not yet. Just get ready. I'm going to read this verse first. Notice this verse, verse 13. For when God made promise to Abraham, how many of you uh, found a few promises in the Bible? He said, with long life. You know, if the devil tells you he's going to kill you, you can say, no, 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 that ain't right. Psalm 91, verse 16 said that God said, with long life he'll satisfy me and show me my salvation. You might feel like you're dying, but you're not going (laughs) to. Huh? So... Again, 13, he said, when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, surely blessing, I will bless you, and multiplying, I will multiply thee. And so, what's that next word? You don't know. You're supposed to know your Bibles. What's the matter (laughs) to you? So then after, everybody say after. after. So then after, hallelujah, he had patiently endured. So then after he had patiently endured, you say, I don't know if I can do that. Hey, his grace is that you can. I said you can. I said you can. You when you're willing to wait forever, it won't take very long. There's something about it. I don't know. I can't explain it. But I tell you what, when you drive a stake in the ground and you let hell know that you're not moving and that God is going to come through in your behalf, it won't take long. Because that kind of faith, God gets a charge out of it. So then after he had patiently endured, listen, 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 he, Abraham, obtained. Everybody say obtained. He obtained the promise. That took him 25 years. You say, man, I can't wait no 25 years. His situation is not like yours. Huh? But he got himself a child of promise, and he became the father of many nations. The father of faith. That kind of faith is the kind of stuff that makes people want to shout. Hallelujah. So I want you to stand with me. Glory to God. If you're there in your living room watching online, stand up. Praise God. Get out of that. If you need, somebody can help you out of that recliner. You know, maybe somebody can push a lever, throw you out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Y'all ready for change? Come on, we're going to get a change right here, right now. And now, here's the thing. You know, some of you, you may be in situations that seem so absolutely overwhelming that what it is that I've shared with you almost sounds like a, a, a dream or something, you know. But I'm telling you that what I'm telling you is true. God said, is not my word like a hammer that shatters the rock I'm telling you, his living word will shatter whatever mountain, whatever rock, whatever obstacle, whatever it is, it's in your life, in your way. Yes. Hallelujah. You just keep swinging that hammer. You know, I got a good friend, Joel Zelkowski. that lives out in um, uh, Custer, South Dakota, where they got Crazy Horse. He's part of that family. And you know, when they started, they drill these holes and they would uh, put these wedges in there, and they'd start beating, you know, down through a line. They wanted to crack this rock down through here. And so they would have these wedges in there, and they'd just keep hitting each one of them. And, you know, every, the first time they hit them, it didn't look like anything was happening, but they just kept hitting them. Kep, kept hitting them, kept hitting them, kept hitting them. Is not God's word like a hammer, praise God, that will shatter the rock? And pretty soon, you know, the pressure of continuing to hit those things, pretty soon the whole thing busted open. Now they have a rope with diamonds in it that cost a thousand bucks a foot, and they put it on a machine and they cut it fast. But in the beginning, that's the way it was. Maybe that's the way for you. You know, you'll get to the rope with diamonds in it, but right now, praise God, we got a hammer and we got a wedge. And we're going to start striking the rock, glory to God, and believe in God for supernatural change within your life. Might be financial, it might be a health matter, maybe may be relational. I don't know what it is, but I'm telling you what, if you're ready for a change, God is too. Hallelujah. So I'm gonna lead you in a prayer, and I want you just to let your heart agree with it. You know you might have, your brain might be telling you of 40 other things, but we don't care, because we got faith in our heart. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You've heard the word, faith has come, let's believe it together today. Say this with me, dear heavenly Father, I come to you today as your child, a child of the living God, and I thank you Lord, that I am redeemed from the curse of the law. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing in my life because I'm ready for a change where my life is concerned and you know my need. And so I come, Father, to address that matter in the name of Jesus and I want to thank you right now for your divine grace to bring about change within my personal life. Father, I believe that I receive my need met in Jesus' name because you said you would give me the desires of my heart. And so I thank you right now. I thank you right now. I thank you right now. now. And I believe that it is done in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I keep coming back to this, and I want to share this with you. You know, um, sometimes, and, and it's nothing more than a tactic, a scheme of the devil. That's all it is. Where because things haven't changed or things are going on or whatever the case might be, people end up. Uh, feeling condemned and I just want to tell you that that's from hell and you need to come against it okay the Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus so now I mean you know let's not, let's not muddy up the water and, 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 and mess this thing up in the context there's a difference between condemnation and and, and being um, convicted, you know, because there's something wrong in your life. If there's something wrong in your life and you know it, you need to get that taken care of, amen? You, know, how, you say, how do you do that? You repent, you know? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a condemnation because what that does is it sucks faith out of your life and, and you, you labor or you, you live under the stress of that. And there's someone here that's exactly what's been going on in your life. And it, it's just, it's, 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 it, um, it's like it's, it's tied your hands. I mean, it's, 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 you know, knotted you up to where, you know, nothing's happening. You're just stuck. Well, I'm telling you what, praise God, we ain't stuck no more. Are you listening to me? So I want to lead you in a little confession of your faith right here, right now. Because a lot of times people leave and then they don't take care of business. So we'll just do it now and business will be cared for, huh? Say this with me. I want to thank you, Father, that there is no condemnation in my life because I'm in Christ Jesus. And I address this condemnation in the name of Jesus. And I rebuke you. I come against you. And I command you to cease and desist. To cease and desist. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Talk to your mountain. Don't let your mountain talk to you. You talk to it. Huh? Speak to the mountain. And as you go your way, praise God, the devil comes and, you know, starts whispering in your ear, you just, uh, listen, whatever you gotta do, you stop, you go, you get away, whatever, I'm not talking about being, you know, uh, foolish in front of people, but I'm telling you, you get away and say, no. We are not having any more of that in my life in Jesus' name. Because, you know, you hear a message like this, and you say, bless God, hallelujah, I'm ready to go. I want some of this, and God wants you to have some of this. But there's an adversary who doesn't want you to have some of this. So what he'll do is he'll come along a little later and say, well, now wait a minute. You know, as God really said, "Come on!" Yo, know, we were believing God for money. We needed forty thousand dollars one time, and God gave me a uh, this. I think it was uh, the gift of faith. I was in prayer. You know, when you need money, you'll pray. How many of you know what I'm talking about? We're praying. I mean, we need money to finish this thing up. This was 1985, and uh, and uh, man, i in prayer. I got the victory. You know, the Bible says, seek the Lord. Hallelujah. If you seek the Lord, guess what? He'll show up. I came out, told my secretary at the time, Deanna, I said, praise God. God's going to give us $40,000 in 90 days. And she kind of looked at me like, okay, okay. Hallelujah. Thank God. She's a woman of faith. Amen. Amen. She didn't say, well, I doubt it, you know. She said, okay. So I got up the next Sunday, this would have been like on a Thursday or a Friday, the next Sunday I got up, I told everybody, God's going to give give us $40,000 in 90 days. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, when you get out there on that tree limb, you know, you better know what you're talking about, right? right, And so I'm standing out there, and the next Monday, you know, whenever you declare these things, the devil always comes back challenging. And I remember so distinctly, and it just sounded so much like the devil. He says, you don't really think, Bill, that God is going to give you $40,000 in 90 days. Do you? did not that sound like the devil? Yeah. And for just one moment, I entertained it. And then I caught myself. Woo, everybody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Yeah, I caught myself. And I said, no, devil. I don't think that God is going to give me 40 in, in 90 days. I know he's going to give it to me in 40 days. And then, 90 days. And in 90 days, $51,000 came into this church. Now, that don't sound like a big deal to you, but I tell you, if you've seen our congregation in 85, you'd be shouting glory, baby. <laughs> Hallelujah. So anyway, you can be seated. We want to take up an offering. Glory to God. <clears throat> well, I don't know about you, but I'm glad I came to church. I hope you're blessed, praise God. Amen, don't let the devil steal your joy. I said, don't let the devil steal your joy. I mean, I tell you, praise God, don't let the devil steal your joy. Praise God. Glory to God. You may have to have a little visit with him, let him know who's boss, but you can do that. Glory to God forevermore. Well, anyway.